Okay, the ten seconds are up. We we now have uh, the the means to destroy noise. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. This is a podcast. You are listening to it now. This is called Monster Manual Mash. In it, I, Chris Lawson, and, and this guy. Yeah, Wes Grist. We talk about monsters from the fifth edition, Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Manual, entry by entry, and we dig into every creature held in, and we talk about uh, the inspiration for these things, how the Wizards of the Coast company tries to you, the kind of like design philosophies that we think are going into them just by reading them, and we criticize them, and we mock them, and we... We are horrible nerds yeah. to them, but we also try to have fun and try to uh, figure out different ways you can spin these things because sometimes it's really dry and boring and they think they make the wrong decisions. Yeah, yeah. And you can, with with like sometimes very minor changes, you can uh, make things that are kind of mediocre much more weird and interesting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You can also make things weird just by honing in on like small details yeah of what they actually give you and you kind of extrapolate like a larger a larger repertoire of tools in your box of tools your toolbox you can use when you're running games or even just playing as a in in a game i think it's called the player if you're just a player (laughs) Uh, yeah a lot of times there's just a a throwaway sentence in the description somewhere that uh, if you if you dig into it there there's there's whole adventures in like some weird little sentence about how it's cyclopses uh, don't like anything religious. Or they have gates. They, they have, have gates, gates on their, yeah. their huts or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that's like a huge deal. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Because I'm always about trying to deconstruct this game because I play it so much and I've read it forever and I've, I've absorbed it uh, so thoroughly that... Um, it can be fun to play with the material and it really helps you like realize at the end of the day, this is just like a game of make believe yeah. and you are not limited. You don't have to just swallow what they give you. Although sometimes playing with what they give you can be fun. Yeah. That's a lot about what this is. Now let's do it. Let's do it. What is the monster today? Put the monsters where our mouths are today. We're in the first letter of the D the D's. Yeah. Dark mantle, dark mantle. One word. It's a short yeah. one. It is. It is. Um, they are... Well, let's just dive into it, right? So so a dark mantle... Uh, should we describe what it looks like or just go go into the description? What they say. You think we have a format by now. <laughs> Usually, I think we just talk... We just read the paragraphs. Yeah. yeah. So this one, it has no uh, headings. Usually when they describe the monsters, they have headings that really kind of try to guide your... Uh, your your mind's eye as you yeah. think about them it tries to like steer the theme of the creature a certain way. This ha- doesn't have that. A couple of them, the smaller ones, they have the the least written about them. Uh, do that. Yeah. So this is what we got. Instead, we have descriptions of a dark mantle clinging to cavern ceilings, remaining perfectly still. Uh, as it waits for creatures to pass beneath it. From a distance, it passes itself off as a stalactite, 
or a, a lump of stone. Then it drops from the ceiling and unfurls, surrounding itself with magical darkness as it engulfs and crushes its prey. So pretty uh, nuts and bolts. Yeah. Yeah. The Just the mechanics of how it does the thing that it does. It hasn't described it in the text. So you, other than that, it looks like a lump of stone. Yeah. I, it's, it's real hard for me not to bite into a stalactite or a lump of stone because like a bite into it. Well, yeah, because like, it's hard to not, (laughs) because like that's a stalactite is the sediment left behind from like drippings from the ceiling. Right. Right. Which are made of stone. It's like a stalactite is a kind of lump of stone. So using or (laughs) there is implying those are two different things. And like some, what the the same part of me that like could not resist making like snide comments to my teachers in high school is is reading that and mm. like, well, those are the same thing. You're, you know? you're totally uh, yeah. right to do so. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't think of that. Though that's, though there may yeah. be stalactites that are not technically stone. No, or is it if it's connected to the cave ceiling? Is it still a lump? If it's connected to a larger hole, I uh, I guess you can have lumps on something. Yeah, it kind of like it would look like I don't know what is it, the definition of a lump. <laughs> it's like I that, didn't think we would get this derailed so quickly. There's there's, there's only but, two paragraphs here. We gotta. <laughs> yeah, the lump lump of stone occurs in the first one. Let's look up. Let's look up the definition of a lump. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, because I am willing to bet <laughs> that there is nothing in the definition of a lump that distinguishes it from a stalactite, like everything here. Right. Yeah. A compact, stalactite. a compact mass of a substance, especially one without a definite or regular shape. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You hear that? <laughs> there okay Throw this piece of shit out yeah so we'll we'll just we'll edit. so it looks like a stalactite it's clearly period yeah the uh, the lump of stone bit was just that's this is what happens when you get writers paid by the word <laughs> yeah yeah okay good paragraph two <laughs> dark mantles are found throughout the underdark but they are equally common on the shadow fell mm-hmm these are potentially meaningless unless you are next level D&D nerd where you know what the Shadowfell is. Yeah. Which I vaguely remember. It is a alternate plane of gothy sadness. Yeah. It's like the shadow dimension where there's a, there's a, there's a version of everything that's yeah. on the regular plane, but it's just like the shadowy bad version of that yeah it's just it's not even evil it's necessarily although i think it's mostly malevolent and like kind of dangerous but it's not even like uh it's not very actively hostile to you or like not demonic necessarily it's just like kind of haunted yeah it's not it's not it's not trying to take over the world but like it's not a place you want to be. Either. No, it's like, it's more like a mood. It's like an overall yeah. mood that permeates the whole place, and it's kind of evil. Which is, uh, I I don't like it if it's the only one of its kind, which it kind of is in the official setting. Yeah, there are other planes of existence, but none of them have that same kind of 
thing going on. There's like the Feywild, which is like fairy world. Yeah. And there's... There's the ethereal plane where like... Just like ghost world. Yeah, it's ghost. Ghost town. And then the astral plane, which is like everything in between everything else. Yeah. But the Shadowfell is the only one that's like has a mood. And I think there should be other mood planes of existence. Yeah. Like the, that's like the sad, dejected... Yeah, that's like angst. Like, yeah. Angst zone. Yeah, that's angst zone. But you could also have like, you know, anger zone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy zone. Happy zone. The happy fell. The happy fell. <laughs> they all <laughs> end in fell. They all end in yeah. fell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe the the happy fell might be like because so like what is a thing that evokes happiness in the way that shadows evoke like weird sad loneliness uh, brightness yeah the bright brightness fell. balloons the balloon fell <laughs> balloons you've got the balloon fell balloon fell uh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, no, the Shadowfell. It does kind of. It's it's it sits in a weird space in the yeah. cosmology that you don't have to use, but is there for you to use. Yeah, I don't know why I'm not attracted to it at all. Like the ethereal plane, I love ghosts everywhere. Yeah, other world of like spirits. Great, makes sense. Yeah, it has like a kind of a a seed in the real world. How we like the idea of spirits and spirituality yeah. there's another plane that yeah. is overlapping with ours all, all over the place and then also it accounts for ghosts and things but the shadow fell and just never made sense to me i just don't get it yeah arbitrary and i don't think i feel like it's always like kind of shoehorned in there's no real reason to use it other than they have it lying around and they want you to use it if you're a writer for them so yeah that's what i think Anyways, dark mantles. So that's the Shadowfell. Thriving in that dark realm, they fill an ecological niche similar to bats on the material plane. Okay. Intelligent creatures of the Shadowfell sometimes train dark mantles as guardians or companions. Cool. Okay. Uh, Don't know why that's just the Shadowfell. Should be everywhere. Right? Yeah. Why yeah. just the Shadowfell? I bet there are all kinds of uh, like people hanging out in the Underdark. Totally. They're like, yeah, I want to pet one of those. You know, yeah. like it'll follow me around. And if they're like bats, so like this is a very lean entry, right? Yeah. Uh, and even like the the cockatrice, because it was a very lean entry as well, mm-hmm. but it has like a real world mythology. Yeah. This has no real mythology that I could like look up and try to make an episode out of. Yeah. So I just did a lot of reading about bats. Great. We'll get in. Yeah. Which we'll get <laughs> what into if, later. What, what if? What if a bat looked a little bit like a squid? Right. Yeah. Looked. What if a bat looked exactly yeah. like a squid? And then the pointy bit of a squid looked like a stalactite <laughs> or a lump of stone <laughs> or a lump of stone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the thing. Spoiler. You just gave it away. You just gave away the ending. They, look- they do. They're. <laughs> They look more like they, squids than, than anything else. Than any, yeah, yeah. That's not a lump of stone at all. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, in fact, they're like. Can we talk about the picture? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about the picture so, now. We're done with the yeah. description. There is, there is, like in faded monochromatic in the background, you can see the image of like a <laughs> looks like dark mantle. Yes, <laughs> so you can kind of see the tentacles a bit. Yes. and the eyeballs that go all around. Um, it, it's sitting there doing its thing, but then the main picture, the one that like draws your eye, that that is that is that is right there. Like l- before you read anything about this, the first thing you see is just like a squid 
upright, seemingly swimming around yeah. with eyes it all around be, its body. It could just be a stock two. photo of like a marine creature you've never yeah. seen before. Yeah, yeah. Could just be like there right now there could, we know so little about the deep ocean there could be squid that just look exactly like yeah. that. That could just be a photograph it of a squid. Yeah, like it looks it's it's too pink to be like a stone. Yeah. And the eyes are bright yellow and it just looks so squid like. It has these like weird barbie like barb like structures yeah. barbed well yeah the, the ends of its tentacles but it's also hands it's in barbies it's... <laughs> <laughs> um that's a whole other monster yeah uh, yeah but the like dark dark mattel the dark mattel <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're it haunted by like, the dark it mattel looks like a barbie or this a lump is beyond of my ken yeah <laughs> Um, but no, it's head, it's head, uh, or body, depending on what is it, like the, the, the pointy body part of a squid that is, I'm making a motion with my hands. I, I know, work I know you On are. a podcast, but yeah. like, uh, the, but the, the pointy bit of a squid, you know what I mean, listeners. The hat, um, the squid hat. With the squid hat, yeah, it's got like what looks like those little fins that they have. Yes. But like that would, that would, uh. That would be a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, that, because right? stalactite wouldn't. I don't Usually, think they would do that, right? Because no. then the sediment would have to go up a little bit at the yeah. end. It would have to be dripping up. And you would, if anything, like it would still, even if it looked perfectly, perfectly like a stalactite, you would look at that and be like, that stalactite really looks like a penis. <laughs> yeah. And then you would look at it just maybe like a second more because it's like, that is really unnerving. And mm-hmm. then you would realize maybe that it's a squid. Yeah. Actually. Unless you rolled like a nat one on your perception check to right. look at it closer well and here's then the it'd be like no that you, you that's definitely here's a penis the thing the you can't even do that it, <laughs> it's, it's just a giant <laughs> yeah. penis yeah. in the ceiling a lump of stone or a giant penis yeah uh false appearance under its stat block oh yeah while it remains motionless it is indistinguishable from a cave oh. formation such as as excuse me i'm tongue-tied today uh, i just drank a bunch of cola and it makes my mouth all gross oh yeah and choppy. i know that feeling and i don't know why i did it uh, maybe i just needed sugar i'm probably addicted uh D will help with that problem it's indistinguishable from a cave formation such as a stalactite or stalagmite oh so they can go on the bottom too okay yeah, yeah. Just like a bat. Just like a bat. <laughs> you can just be standing there. Uh, the, the, the thing about that, beyond the, uh, like, also being a stalagmite possibly, is that it is straight up indistinguishable. Yeah. Meaning you can't, like, if you just want to use that as your basis for how to use them in an encounter, uh, players have zero chance of realizing what they are. If yeah. they're remaining motionless. It's Zero just, chance. You can't just, roll anything. It's just like a bad surprise in a cave. It's yeah. like every it's cave bad might cave have those. Surprise. Yeah. Indistinguishable while it's motionless. No roll. Hmm. So Well, it's motionless. Yes. You could maybe trick it into moving a little bit. Yes. You could do something to be like anything like a like make a weird sound. Yeah, well this is yeah, yeah. this is 
kind of how you have to think because um like how would you use these in a game because this is kind of like an fu monster yeah there's one of those monsters where it's just like uh players have the first time you walk into a room you've never heard of a dark mantle never seen one before yeah you have no chance of noticing that these stalactites are actually dark mantles. Yeah. Like, why would you think that they you, might be squid bats? Why you would yeah. have no idea, right? Yeah. So you walk in, they drop on you, they do a horrible thing, and then it's and then it's over, right? Yeah. And then what? You're gonna have the players walking around the rest of the dungeon, yeah. constantly like throwing rocks at lumps, yeah. at stalactites, constantly like, uh, like messing around with the scenery to try and get a reaction out of dark mantles. Yeah, yeah. Which is, but you yeah. could so if you're throwing rocks around in the cave all the time because of the first cave lump that tried to kill you. Yes. Um. That then you could like throw a rock at just like the wrong stalactite cause a cave in then you can't go back the way you came you gotta keep going forward oh that's a total uh fuck you that's yeah <laughs> yeah totally but like as a as like a like an adventure sort of thing yeah it's like that's what this was gonna be easy going into this cave and grabbing the thing yeah you could make it a very delicate environment yeah where... but now this is a get out of the entire underdark campaign right because you can't go through the entrance we came in now, oh yeah, oh you want you want to make it like a real yeah, like the dark mantle could real be real slog, <laughs> but that is that is counting on the players to have that particular solution. Well, what else would they do? Like, I, I imagine guess. myself in that situation. If I've already encountered a thing that looks like a stalactite that you can't tell, yeah, by looking at it, you have to get it to move or do something. Mm. So you're going to do anything in your power. You're going to like poke at it with a stick. You're going to like yeah. use a uh, decoy. Flood every next cave room with poison gas before going in. Absolutely. You should just yeah. do that anyway. Yeah. If you can. Uh, usually. So it does. It's a good way to invite uh, problem solving. Yeah. From players. And you can like with doing with very little. Yeah, doing one encounter with the, with dark mantles, and then suggesting that the rest of the dungeon also has them. Yeah, they're one of a couple. You can't trust the ceiling anymore, monsters. Oh, I know. There's yeah. yeah there's a there's another monster which I like have to not talk about because it is later on in the same yeah. book, the Piercer. Yeah, which is basically the exact same yeah. thing. Which yeah. is not base. It is the exact same thing. It is almost the basics and the advanced portions are the exact same yeah with some very minor differences um the piercer is way more fun i think because it's more ridiculous uh but we'll get in we'll get to that in 2025 when we reach that but uh yeah it's one of those it's one of those monsters that just attacks from the ceiling just makes the environment itself untrustworthy yeah which is fun. Yeah. Which is like you, you don't need you don't need a story hook necessarily. Yeah. Right? Just to have like part of the beauty in I think of D D is that you don't always need a plot. You need like something to get players 
uh, invested in going to a fictional location. Yeah. But you don't need much in the way of like motivation once you're there to like get some fun in the game. Like the game is about how do I survive? Yeah. It's like, this is what's in front of you. What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. And you think about it kind of like a, like a, a good, uh, horror movie or a good, uh, any, any kind of good movie, I guess, but I think particularly horror because you set, the rules like a good movie will set up the rules in yeah. the first portions yeah and then the characters interact with the rules learn the rules and then master it yeah. right figure out how to do it and then you yeah. add twists that yeah. make it more difficult yeah so the dark mantle is a good way to do that set the rules you walk into a room stalactites are here to eat you yeah so then from then on, how do I deal with stalactites? That's part of the game. And then you make it more complicated sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. So you could have, oh, the stalagmites are mad at you as well. Yeah. <laughs> the ones. <laughs> or uh, I think like even something as simple as making a dark mantle come at you sideways. Yeah. Would be. <laughs> like have the, cool. like have sideways going stalactites in the cave. Yeah. And just. Uh, it sort of depends on like, do does anyone in the party think that's suspicious? And if they do, then maybe you can get the drop on the dark mantles. But if you don't notice that sideways stalactites is suspicious, then mm-hmm. they're going to get you. And that's what you get for not knowing your stalactites you and dummy. stalagmites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, things like that. I also thought you could have like the one of the obvious things for the creatures like these that are low intelligence and kind of just like hanging around. Uh, it could be weaponized yeah. by underdark creatures. Like a goblin would just have like a bunch of them in a big jar and just yeah. like smashes the jar and runs away. And yeah. The old dark mantles. Yeah. Just kind of put them on the, your ceiling when you're not home. You when know? You're not home. <laughs> when you're not home to, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They sneak into your place and let a bunch of them loose. Yeah. Well, I was thinking you, you, could, you could stick them on your ceiling when you leave so that if you have oh, intruders in yeah. your house... Then you just come home yeah, to a bunch of like, corpses wrapped up in your dark mantles, and be like, "All right, yeah. great money well spent." Or yeah, or you could do, yeah, you could even do. Um, let's. I want to talk about one more thing before okay. we talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. all the things, uh, the ways you can use them, because it's kind of particular. Okay, their actions. So the rules for its one attack, the crush attack, yeah. are longer than the descriptions of the monster itself. That's yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. I think that's interesting. I don't know why. It's odd. But the the way it works is uh, it attacks you, it does a little bit of damage, and it automatically uh, attaches to the target. It engulfs the head. So uh, if it has advantage on the attack, it automatically engulfs the target's head if it's a medium or smaller creature. And then the target is blinded. It's unable to breathe. Uh, while attached, the dark mantle can attack no other creature except the target and has advantage on its rolls. It can't move. It can't benefit from any bonus to speed. It moves with the target. A creature can detach the dark mantle by a DC 13 strength check, or the dark mantle can detach itself. Those are the, the basics of it. That's a lot of... And I, that was me cutting out like half of yeah. the, the yeah. words. Yeah. There's some like weird stuff where it like works a little bit different depending on the size of what it's attacking and stuff like that. And yeah. And yeah. it's like specifics 
how, what does it have to do to detach itself, uses five feet of movement, all this kind of little finicky stuff. Yeah. But those are all like obvious answers to questions you're going to have while you're running it. So it's yeah. useful to have there. But the gist of it is it basically falls, crushes your head, uh, attaches to your head and won't let go. And it's fairly easy to take off, but you might slip up a couple times. If you don't get it off within a couple rounds, it's going to hurt you. If you're a low-level character, it could really do some damage. Yeah. And the biggest thing about it, it has a darkness aura once a day, a 15-foot radius of magical darkness extending from it, moving with it, able to spread around corners, um, lasts up to 10 minutes as long as it can maintain concentration and dark vision can't see through it. Wow. So that will cause a bunch of chaos. That will, yeah. Which is great. That's great. Whoever's scouting out ahead, you hear like a muffled scream and it's yeah. dark. And, and there's darkness, can see you can't penetrate it. Yeah. So the person, so this is great. This is like you can either role play it so the person is shouting for help, but they don't know what to do, and then they're describing. You can't even shout yeah. because you're muffled because it's yeah. on your head. It's just like this great moment of chaos. If you really role play it well, you would like, if if in that scenario an individual is scouting ahead, yeah, um, you wouldn't even tell anyone what happened. You would like write a note to the person yeah. that's happened to like you are now your head is engulfed in something and you can't yeah. speak. That's great, and that would be so terrifying, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's great, and yeah, you can't even call for help. It's just there, and nobody can see you. And you've got this thing on your head. Yeah, it's just you're just thrashing around. And maybe there's more of them. So maybe yeah. like one or two characters get this thing on them. Yeah. So that's where the real, uh, I think, the real interesting uh, consequences of this monster come it, up. Yeah, it's more like a very insidious trap, right? The, the what? The very insidious trap. Very insidious trap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's not just a hit point reducing thing. It's like a yeah. whole, it's a whole deal. Yeah. And I do think it's kind of funny that, so it's crush attack. That's what it uses to engulf you in the first yeah. place. And then on subsequent rounds, all it can do is continue crushing you. Yeah. Like it doesn't bite you or anything. <laughs> it just squeezes it just, your head. It just cranks your head. Yeah. You just got this constrictor squid bat yeah which is funny because usually when things are predatory it'll say like bite bite attack yeah. or whatever yeah. it'll have like a separate attack no it just, yeah. <laughs> just lands on things rules is written them. it doesn't eat anything yeah. it just cr- it just uh it sustains itself yeah. on the pleasure of crushing yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> which i like i, I like to imagine cause it doesn't even show it i just imagine it has doesn't even have a mouth yeah, it, it just crushes just you squeezes. and then just feels better. Yeah, well, it's like a like a we'll get to them in a later episode, but flumps which like survive uh, off of negative emotions, and but they make you feel them, better. Right? It yeah. eats them. It eats them. But they're good. They they want to make people feel better, and that also feeds them. Yeah. So you have, <laughs> and they live in the underdark. So you have these weird meta- metaphysical satiation things yeah. in the world already. So it totally fits the universe. Yeah, you have this totally- monster that can feed on the sensation of other things having their heads crushed. <laughs> yeah. Like it could be it could be an evil thing where it likes killing things and it can only do yeah. that by crushing it. Or it could just be more metaphysical and just be like, I love the act of crushing. Yeah. 
and I'm all out of rocks and uh, flesh and bone crush real good. Yeah. That's that's the best way to do. It. <clears throat> yeah, they are. Um... Oh, you're right. They're they're real dumb. They've got a two intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're just uh, opportunistic ambush predators. Yeah, they don't know any better. They don't do much yeah. else. Um. So they are basically two things. In the game, I think. They do two things. They are the FU trap monster. And they are also plugged into the kind of, like, underworld as mythic other world. The mythic underground place. Because it's a... uh, It looks like a sea creature. So it evokes underwater uh mystery kind of like an alien yeah. ecosystem unknowable scary cthulhu stuff yeah even though it's not at all um involved in like a greater uh mythos or anything there's no like real uh great yeah. big deal about it they're just kind of like garbage creatures that are li- everywhere yeah but they give you a sense of like the underworld as a very strange place. They, uh, yeah, they sort of remind me a little bit of though they work they work a bit differently of the uh, the barnacles from Half Life. If you played any of the Half Life games, the barnacles are the little things. The, right? Actually, they're the, those are the the face huggers, right? Like, but no, the barnacles are they stick to the ceiling. And they just look like a like a like an ocean going barnacle, and they have this yeah, rope that comes down, com- yeah, okay. the the tongue thing, and mm-hmm. then you get stuck in it, and then you start going up, and it just starts chomping on you because you got stuck in this like dangly bit, yeah. And so you always got to look at the ceiling, and the way to get down is you shoot it as it's pulling you up. Yes, right? I remember that now. Yeah, and they so it makes you paranoid about the ceiling, yeah, and things on the ceiling eating you, which I think I remember reading about this somewhere where there's this. Uh, kind of psychological blind spots with a lot of humans in, in that we're not good at remembering to look directly above us <laughs> for things um, because not a lot of the threats to biologically modern humans were coming from directly above us. Of course, there, were t- like, there was like Hast's eagle and stuff like that where yeah. there, were, there were eagles that ate people, right? Yeah. But mostly the things that kill other humans don't come from above you. Right. Right. Well, not these days. Unfortunately, they do, yeah. but uh, uh, that's not that's not like built into our neurology, and so yeah. that's why uh, players, I think, in Dungeons Dragons, will forget to check the ceiling when they go into a room. Yeah, and I think right? ceilings are also under described. Yeah, usually. Yeah. yeah. And when certainly when I'm running a game, I rarely think to think about the ceilings or even how tall something is yeah i'm always asked i'm always making up how tall a room is oh and sometimes i get the scale totally wrong yeah. <laughs> and and, be, and i start drawing i'm like that does not make sense that it would be a 40 foot by 40 foot room no it's got to be way bigger than that i know exactly how you yeah. feel or smaller or whatever or whatever yeah i remember one time uh i just tried tried to describe an, uh, a giant's arrow head yeah. And I made it like something ridiculous, like 40 <laughs> feet wide or something. 
and I actually drew it on the map, and I was like, this is insane. <laughs> I'm like, I am a bad person. Because I can't just, I, I apparently cannot riff, like, a relative measurement of something. Yeah. Yeah, I got a high time with skill. it, too. It's it a is, tough it thing is. to do. Yeah. Come up with, you have to be, to be, like, a good DM who can improvise uh, not only, like, NPC reactions or, like, scenarios, personalities. Yeah. To also be able to improvise, like, a spatial relationship between... Yeah invented things like an internally consistent like a uh, visual spatial kind of yeah thinking that's that's hard for me to super hard yeah for me yeah mental ge- geometry yeah you know that's a real skill absolutely yeah i don't have it no that's why a dark mantle would kill me because <laughs> like, i wouldn't i wouldn't you wouldn't look up yeah i wouldn't look up i you wouldn't, wouldn't look up look like up. you know what I can't touch the ceiling. Yeah. So that's all it's might as well do. not even be there. That's all it's gotta do. Yeah. It's got one job. Yeah. Be as tall, at least as tall as the door. That's yeah. all I ask a ceiling to do. Uh but you're totally right. Uh ceiling people don't look up. I don't think, which is why this would be a good especially if you just said they look like stalactites. Yeah. And they're like, oh fine, whatever. Yeah. Boom. This is D and D. Yeah. Exactly. You idiot. Don't trust anything I say. <laughs> Good way uh, to give a hint, maybe that something is wrong. If you don't want to be like uh, a total uh, like ambush, yeah. If you don't want to make it a guaranteed thing, you can make it like stalactites in like a room, yeah, instead of a cave, right? Stalactites Which might... where there wouldn't normally be stalactites. Yeah, yeah. and you wouldn't have to make a big deal about it. And it would still look indistinguishable from a stalactite, right. <laughs> but it would yeah. just be in a weird place. Yes, you yeah. Just, you would just give a hint that there might be. If someone picks up on the hint that it's like a, a room that someone has fashioned and created a yeah. ceiling, there's still a stalactite there. That gives them something to maybe investigate. Yeah. Right. Because it can be fun. You always have to like do this balance of like, if you just hit your players with something, that can be. F- fun but yeah it's not necessarily fun for the players to have their agency taken away yeah and i think and i'm guilty of not always doing this but like a good rule of thumb when you're the dungeon master is what will be the most fun for the players right that's it should probably yeah. be that thing that you do give you them know? give yeah. them levers and knobs and yeah things to manipulate and play with and see what happens yeah and then make decisions based on these experiments. Like I said before, they'll yeah. like so figure out the rules of this, yeah, this place, uh, and then see what happens. Let them make their own decisions and then fail or succeed on their own, yeah, merits. So like if yeah. you if you give them the hints and they don't notice it, they don't pick it up, and then they get hit with a dark mantle. It's thick. That's on them. That's on them. Yep. Um. But it can also just be fun to be like, nope, this is a murder dungeon. <laughs> this is a place no yeah. one goes because you will die. <laughs> yeah, it's a reason. And you have to accept that and you have to like, you can't trust anything. Yeah. That can be fun too. That's, yeah. Yeah. You got to know, you got to think about it. Um, yeah. So that's their crush thing. That's a darkness thing. I said all that so we could talk more about how you might use them, which yeah. we were kind of starting to talk about. Yeah. Uh, weaponizing, you had mentioned, using them as a security system. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think if you wanted to use them as as a security system, I was trying to think of a way to like, um, you wouldn't just leave them necessarily, but you would like, if you really wanted to make sure someone paid for breaking into your place or whatever, yeah. and you were using a dark yeah. mantle, you would like not only make a dark mantle fall on them, but you would somehow isolate them. You'd make like a tube go yeah. over them. So the thing can just crush its head in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the darkness would permeate out. It, it can go around corners. Yeah. Which means it can go through. I think that means it can go through stuff. Doesn't say in the rules, but I mean, I mean, if it's like a like a door with a lot of a lot of cracks in it, yeah, then yeah, some darkness can leak through. I I would imagine anything that is uh, airtight would be darkness tight. Darkness tight, right? Okay, fair but enough. Like if 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 like the yeah. darkness, I'm picturing it as like this sort of like fluid kind of thing that can only reach a certain distance away from the central point, but it like flows. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That would be how it extends around corners. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That looks that's sound, that looks cool in my head. Um Oh, something you would have to know, how does suffocation work? Oh in yeah. This game? Because it doesn't come up much in the other monsters, but this straight up suffocates you. Oh yeah, I would have to look that up. That's one of those things I'd have to look up. Yeah. Yeah. So have the little suffocation rules I think it's very difficult to die by suffocation in this game. I think huh. it happened once in the Ravenloft campaign we were playing. Oh, yeah. Something I, happened. I kind of faintly recall that happening, and we looked it up, and it was like a, it takes like six rounds or something yeah. for anything to be even in danger of happening. Yeah. But you have to know that because it's going to happen. Um. So that's something. Uh, so let's think about bats. Yeah. Let's think about okay. bats. And that will help us come up with more ways of using dark mantles. Um, so bats are everywhere. Yeah. They're almost everywhere in the world. Yeah. They are the second most um, plentiful mammal next yeah. to rodents. Uh, yeah. The, in like combined bats and rodents are like by far like most of the mammals exactly by yes. species yeah so there's a ton of them there's yeah. so many so dark mantles are everywhere yeah in the underdark yeah and the shadowfell um so that means that anyone that lives in the underdark has some sort of relationship with dark mantles yeah and also i think you could use i think it might be fun to use dark mantles as non-hostile creatures that you might just encounter like flying around yeah because they fly they yeah. fly around yeah yeah so i'm, I'm sh- i feel like i'm shouting but yeah i forgot that they fly <laughs> you got really excited i did yeah how what did they do like i guess they they flap there they have a 10 foot walking speed where they just yeah crawl at you and they have a 30 foot fly speed how do you what like what do you they what just mechanism flap, do they? they flap up and down yeah use uh like fantasy physics mm, yeah i kind of want them around. to move like squids but like absolutely through the, you know and so like squids have those little jets that they can shoot water so they just like shoot, shoot air. air yeah and then kind of darkness yeah they shoot darkness they propel darkness yeah 
they use like they have to like scoop darkness yeah out of the world and then they propel it through their darkness jets that's why they live in the underdark in the shadow fell because yeah. there's all the, there's enough darkness to be a propellant for yeah. their their movement system yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a renewable resource yeah there you go we yeah. <laughs> darkness powered you could <laughs> you could have a whole whole post-scarcity utopian society powered yeah. by technology inspired by dark by dark mantles yeah because they, they have like a biomechanical not mechanical they have like a biochemical uh mechanism somewhere in their bodies that lets them convert darkness into propulsion yeah, they energy can, they can turn the absence of photons into <laughs> into work yeah they can yeah that's great um Ooh, and well, there's always like a, I can imagine like you're in a big cave and you turn a corner and then boom, column of bats just like flying in front of you. You got to yeah. wait up against the wall for the bats to go by and mm-hmm. then you can keep going, you know? It's yeah, always exactly. like a startle, jump thing, bats suddenly. Yeah, environmental encounters. Like have, um, uh, like if you have a list of possible encounters, uh, random encounters in a dungeon. Yeah. They don't, all, they don't have to be fights. They can just be a thing that happens. Yeah. To give like mood. Yeah, you love- can interact with it, but there's no obvious benefit or penalty for doing so. Yeah, there's right? there's a great big opening in the cave, and then it looks like it's full of stalactites. But then suddenly they all drop and then fly to the yeah, exit. Yeah, and then it takes like uh, like minutes. It takes like whole minutes for the yeah. whole colony to actually yeah. like, leave. Yeah, right. That happened. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a little railroady and fuck you, playersy. I was thinking that could happen in the middle of your fighting someone you're trying to fight, and yeah. then you're swarm. You're you're there's a there's a dark mantle swarm, and yeah. then, oh, they got away. <laughs> oh, the like dark you, mantle swarm as cover. I see. Yeah, I was thinking more to complicate the encounter itself. That, that would all yeah yeah because you got to walk through this swarm of flying dark mantles, and yeah. there's a chance one might land on your head and try to crush you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, or crush your the the enemy. Yeah. Or just oh something, yeah, right. Just like, somebody. It just becomes like an environmental hazard that you have yeah. to respect. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, you could have cultures that have some sort of relationship with the dark mantle that you can make gameable somehow. Yeah, or just become set dressing. I was thinking also. I wrote down uh, this idea where there are like, uh, there's like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Where like some there's like these goblins who are ruled by someone who has a dark mantle wrapped around his head. Oh, just always. always. Yeah. And it's like it's constantly trying to crush his head and he just lives through it. Yeah. But he's like revered. Yeah. But no one knows what he says because he can't talk through the dark mantle. <laughs> they just follow him. Yeah. That's uh, great. And he can't see where he's going and um and once a day once a day for 10 minutes he's covered in darkness <laughs> be covered in darkness yeah, yeah exactly um <laughs> that's so stupid <laughs> that's a great thing for like that's why i love goblins you can have humanoid people doing stupid things yeah it's totally legit yeah uh ruled by dark mantle head um you could have people who wear them like hats. Yeah. Normally, whether or not they're crushing them or they wear like fake like they wear hats to uh 
absorb the crushing attack of a dark mantle so that they can put a dark mantle on their head safely yeah (laughs) and they just walk around with it that's like the that's like the weird fad that the nobles that's what that's the version of like uh the venetian masks in some noble society and just everybody puts on the weird dark mantle heads to be anonymous yeah Yeah. so your job as an adventurer could be to go wear these like stupid hats into the the like dark mantle infested caves yeah and attracts dark mantles to land on them yeah and start crushing them but they're made out of like i don't know crystal or whatever yeah. whatever is hard to i've never tried yeah. to crush uh different kinds of gems but whatever yeah. is a tough one to crush yeah but has enough give that it satisfies the the dark mantles <laughs> urge to crush that it it stays with it for a long time and then you go back with these hats that yeah. have a dark mantle on them. Then they're you like they're like tied to it or something. And then you yeah. like, you make your money that way. <laughs> <sighs> and then the you could be the game could be uh trying to find because if they're like bats, there are several species. Yeah, there's fruit mantles, there's, like there's fruit mantles. vampire mantles. <laughs> uh you got your flying fruit fox mantle. mantles. They just fall, they wait. <laughs> They wait for fruit to like <laughs> roll underneath it and then they're, they drop. They're in the fruit it, tree and, and then they wait it. for the fruit to fall from the tree and then they drop down on the fruit. And they crush it. Yeah, and they crush it. And, <laughs> and they don't yeah. eat it. <laughs> they just... <laughs> yeah, depend, and there could be different varieties. Like the, the coconut fruit mantles would be pretty strong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the banana fruit mantles would be smaller and yeah. not as strong. And this is all consistent with bats because yeah. there's a ton of, they all have basically the same f- shape and yeah. form. Yeah. But there's so much variety um, of behavior, uh, like social behavior, mating behavior, yeah. diet, um, that you're totally justified yeah. if you want to follow this. A million this. different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. You have tiny ones, a huge one. Yeah. They're, uh, they used to separate um bats into two categories micro bats right and oh, mega yeah. bats <laughs> mega bats <laughs> mega bats yeah um that was an excuse for mega bats absolutely yeah absolutely it was an excuse um now since so th- that used to be the designation and then they kind of uh they got more specific about it and now there's like a more boring uh categorization there's still two categories they still use microbat and megabat sometimes but like not all megabats are bigger than microbats right yeah now which is a shame yeah it's <laughs> just like one of those like that used to be a useful way to classify things and now yeah. we know taxonomically it's not yeah but like yeah, some of the yeah. language like herpetology is a study of amphibians and reptiles uh-huh. which makes no sense because birds are more closely related to a lot of living reptiles than amphibians are Amphibians. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. oh, I knew I knew the birds thing. I didn't know uh, herpetology was the study of. It's the study of both of these reptiles. two things that are superficially similar, but like but very actually. different in a lot of right. ways. Yeah. Huh. Like crocodiles are closer, more closely related to the birds than lizards are to right. crocodiles. Yeah. So, but the, you know, but like we, those are all just reptiles. I don't know. Talk, uh, yeah, taxonomy it's like a throat, is weird. Throat, tongue, and nose doctor. Yeah, or whatever. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, like well, why? That's all. I kind of see why, but yeah. why? 
Um, the, but bats, bats are, are, uh, we think you think like, it's easy to think of bats as being like, okay, well they're probably closely related to rodents, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're more closely related to primates right. than rodents. Bats are just kind of like a weird offshoot of, of tiny monkeys that can like fly. Like lemurs, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because even, yeah, taxonomically, they used to be rodents, and then they were primates. Yeah. And then they were moved to their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of everything that is a mammal now used to be a rodent, sort of, but the right. rodents that are around now just kept that body plan. Right. More or less. I was I, I meant more like our designations of oh yeah we, we used to yeah. lump them in with rodents and yeah. then lump them in with primates and yeah. then made their so, own wait, wait a second these are different than yeah. all of those things yeah exactly and like the microbats used to be the def the definition used to be microbats were uh the predatory all the smaller ones because the the right. Before they kept discovering more and more species, yeah. they noticed that the smaller ones were the predators and the bigger ones were the fruit eaters. Yeah. And then that wasn't true. Yeah. After there are exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are two species of bat that eat other bats. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Just a bat swooping another bat midair. Oh, it's, it's tough out there, man. Yeah. Can't, it's crazy to think about that. I always thought it was strange that vampire bats were a thing at all. Mm. Because it's, it's, like, I know that there's a lot of competition in the animal world, and if you find a niche, a niche, that's that's good. Stick with it, and if you become better at it than everything else, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. But uh, sustaining yourself almost entirely off of the blood of sleeping large animals is, it's a very strange way. It's great. It makes sense uh, when. Like the, the vampire bats are mostly in South America, right? And the, and the other thing is they're South American, but there were there there is between the European myths of vampires associated with bats predated, right? Uh, yeah. Europeans finding vampire. Well, that, that's bats because of ancient aliens, though. Yeah, oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like every discussion ends with that. If you're going to include that, if two things happen in the world, it's yeah. because aliens told us about them. Yeah. Uh, that is interesting, and yeah. it, it is interesting that bats have all over the world usually pretty nefarious connotations. Culturally, they are symbols of like bad shit. Yeah, happening. yeah. I think like it's because you don't you don't normally get up close to bats in like in in a lot of day to day life. They're sort of like they're they're because they're nocturnal well, we and they're used very to. fast i guess so yeah we used to bat populations like we're talking here in peterborough ontario yeah. canada yeah uh bat populations here uh and all across the eastern um eastern north america right have just like plummeted right yeah in the last hundred years or so because of uh white nose syndrome or white nose it's not a disease. It's a fungus. Yeah. It's, it's like the white nose fungus. Um, so like we used to encounter bats a lot more, maybe not like up close and personal, but when yeah. Emily and I were working at a hunting and fishing resort many years ago, mm-hmm. um, we've like a bat ended up in our cabin and we were trying to get it out and it flew right onto Emily's shirt Yeah, and stuck there. And she very calmly like went outside and like let it go, but 
if she had been someone else or if the bat had like instead of landing on her shirt had flown into her face yeah would have been a different story oh yeah <laughs> right like yeah. it would have been a very uh uh chaotic scrambling madness to have a bat fl- like who's trying to get out it's it's zipping everywhere and then yeah. just flies in your face and it's go- it's like making little squeaking noises yeah and it's nighttime you're trying to go to bed like this is a bad thing happening yeah <laughs> yeah i've uh i i had a a, a bat in my house a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where i was i was just laying in bed i was on my computer just doing whatever and i noticed a movement like in the corner of my eye and i was like oh there's a moth or something and i look up and there's a bat just doing circles around yeah. my light bulb in my room so i i i, I get up and i, I close yeah. my bedroom door and okay there's a bat inside of my room what do i do next um and then i open the door real carefully look inside and there's my cat at the time like about to kill it and i have a split second of like good job elliot but i'm like nope no 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 because like this bat is bats can carry diseases that they don't show symptoms to yeah and they are riddled with things that can harm other things but not them yeah and uh also i'd like this bat doesn't like I don't, I don't. Die. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, like Elliot has food. Why does it need to die? He has here? plenty of food. Like I, this is not. This 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 doesn't need to happen. So I I, I pick up my cat, take him outside, and I close the yeah. door again. I'm like, okay, time to deal with this. I know I don't have anything to worry about, but for some reason I I, I put on a jacket and some oven mitts and yeah. a and a toque, and I was like, and <laughs> I, I got a. <laughs> it's gonna get real cold. I don't know. It's and get a, real and a, chilly. And I brew him, and I was like, look, I just, I I. Like and I, I'm not someone who is like grossed out by animals and like any like I it's it's whatever. But there was something about like it it making contact with my skin in an unexpected place right. at an unexpected time is it's alarming. Th- there was for some something. Reason, there's something. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. About it. And then I I I I, I looked everywhere. Went to look every like uh, hung up article of clothing in the closet and put it down. It was in the very last one that it flew out out the window that I opened up for it. Oh, to perfect. Leave because I couldn't find. I opened the window up wide and I couldn't find it. And I was like. I, I gotta find I gotta look in every single place, yeah. or else I'm just going to believe that there is a bat it's still here. in here. Yeah, yeah. And you better do it before another one flies in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure there that that there was this weird the, the attic in that place. There was just like this open crack in the mm-hmm. attic that was impossible. We kind of taped it up because we didn't know how to taped it. Up. Yeah, yeah, we we taped it so that like we thought that would stop the airflow, but there was there were critters in and out of that place <laughs> constantly. Yeah. That's my bat story. Took. That's such a good detail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, a supernatural I, creature it is yeah. going to make the room ten degrees colder. <laughs> <laughs> I think my thinking was I I I I I am like ninety percent sure that it is a ridiculous myth, myth that bats will fly into your hair, but only ninety percent, a non-zero percent <laughs> chance. There's a chance that is but enough. Even if it's not a if yeah. it's not a worthwhile stereotype, it has happened at least. Yeah, it's, right. it has to have happened. And, right? it does, and then they get tangled because yeah. they're, they're struggling. Yeah, and then so it's going to panic and I'm going to panic yeah. and we're both going to come out of that situation yeah. worse. Then it's going to burrow in your head yeah. and lay its eggs in your, yeah. in your brain. Yeah, so I calmly adorned myself in armor so that I could seek out this bat Absolutely. and yeah. release it without any risk to myself so that I could be calm in dealing with the bat. Yeah, yeah. you did the right thing. Thank you. You did do the right thing. Yeah. Um. I'm sure that Elliot was frustrated that he didn't get yeah, to murder. Yeah, but something, you're totally right but... that they are like the the stuff I was reading about them. Describe them as reservoirs, <laughs> reservoirs of pathogens. Yeah, 
pathogen reservoirs. Yeah, and they, but they don't they don't like show symptoms. Like they no. they carry diseases. No, it's just on, it's just from. like on their skin yeah. and in their stuff. But they don't they're not affected by it yeah. for the most part. They do uh, sometimes they do have little outbreaks of things. Yeah, but they're naturally their populations can usually handle it. Yeah, and then it's over. Except for this white nose uh, stuff. Yeah. Which is like the reason we don't have bat encounters in this part of the world anymore, for the most part. Yeah. It's tough. And there's yeah. no there's no real way of uh of stopping it. Is that uh the white nose fungus? Is that uh like a like was that brought to North America or is that a North American? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I only know that it's spread through contact. Right. So when bats live together, they spread it. Yeah. And it is made worse during um, long winters. Okay. Because when the bats, in the winter, bats go dormant. Yeah. They don't, the what's what's torpid? Torpid? Yeah, I think that's torpor. Torpor, yeah. Torpor. They go into torpor, so they're not hibernating. But they are yeah. like inactive and they'll sleep for long periods of time and yeah. they'll kind of wake up when it's a bit warmer and do eat some bugs and go back yeah. to sleep or do whatever. Some bat things. But they're inactive and they're huddled and the fungus um is allowed to grow because they're in like a kind of contained area. Because their bodies are very good. Yeah. They've used like thermal imaging to look at how they keep themselves warm when they're sleeping and like they trap air. They make like an air pocket with their wings next to their body and they're like just the heat from their body somehow like heats the air and they they have like a little like blanket of hot air yeah. that they keep with them. Right, which is So while that's happening yeah. and their faces are like kind of buried in their hot their hot pocket. Yeah. And um the the fungus is just allowed to like like sit there and like eat away at stuff and they just wake up with like mycelia and fruiting bodies like coming out of their face yeah god that's it's so more much... of a mold i don't think they have like a real like mushroom growing out of their face but, yeah like it's yeah it's like a bad mold yeah grows. like a weird that's awful and that's so them. much worse than anything that bats that's crazy due to us you know yeah, no they're super yeah. helpful for yeah, us yeah they're great they're great there was a there was a there's a there was a bat house um attached mm -hmm. to uh one of my old places here in peterborough i didn't know what it was and i was like oh it's a it's like a... habitat for bats yeah like yeah. one of those little things yeah we used to build them yeah. a lot more i think um and now the populations are so low that it's not even a going business anymore you still see them once in a while i saw a few um last summer quite a lot yeah <clears throat> not quite a lot but like mm -hmm. They're around still, but not nearly as much as they used to. I was always surprised, but how many bats can fit inside of one of those things? Yeah, because there's it's a huge amount. Like there's like like this thing the size of a mailbox, and it's like yeah, forty bats, forty bats can go in there. Something something like that. Yeah. Um, we should talk about dark mantles. I guess forty bats. So. Well, I guess maybe we shouldn't. We can talk about bats all yeah. we want. Did you know there is a moth? That has evolved a mechanism to scramble echolocation. I have heard something about this, but I forget the details. <laughs> so tell me, because I I don't know the details. Okay. That's, that's yeah. the that's 
that's it. That's the headline. I wonder what it is. Like, I is it? It's is it like something about like the hairs on the moth? Like, do some kind of stealth thing to the sound waves? Like a like a. I don't know. I'm gonna try to yeah. look it up casually while yeah. we talk about it. But this is a very good thing to put in your game about dark mantles, because you could have dark mantles coming at you. You could be a dark mantle infested dungeon that you have to yeah. get through for some reason, and then the game is like we have to get this weird moth that just scrambles them and makes you makes dark mantles not realize you're there. Right. Yeah. But the only place where the moths are is past a bunch of dark mantles. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but then you got a way back. You got a way back. You got a way back and to deal with future dark mantles. Or there's a very very heavily dark mantle infested corridor and so you got to go find the moths to make it through the corridor. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> Yeah. Echolocation jamming. So it's the tiger moth. Okay. There's a number of ways. Uh, I don't know if I will. Oh, so here's the thing. Bats dampen their own echolocation because they have a little muscle in their ear that clamps down on a key ear bone. Okay. Which still allows them to hear things because they have very good hearing echolocation yeah. right um but it's like they just isolate this one bone and protect it and that helps them they also have a um, magnetic sense like a lot of birds do or all, oh, yeah i think all birds so they can do the same thing where they can except there's like birds can determine latitude yeah which is a thing they can see most the animals lat- latitudinal lines. Right, they can the, see it, they which could, is yeah, a they navigate crazy thing to think. With those. Um, but bats have a different magnetic sense that allows them to understand north and south. Well, cool. Yeah. That's neat. It's, I always sure. wonder when you have, like these animals sort of have sensory perceptive kind of capabilities that humans don't have. Yeah. Like what is the experience of having that other sense? It's a, you can't like, it's so alien and strange, yeah. right? Like we have more than five senses. Cause you have your sense of like where your limbs are relative to your yes. body. I forget what that's called. There's like the one that's like, are you upright or not? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, there's all these other, and those are sensations that we have, but like we even have like a tiny magnetic sensory. Don't yeah, we? Yeah. Like I think a, like a, like a little bit. A little bit. Um, I can't, I don't know. There's, there's like, there's, there's a lot. I'm sure this is like a myth where, where it's like, uh, that's, that was per, uh, perpetuated, I think, by the neighbor on, uh, uh, home improvement. <laughs> the guy who you never saw the rest of his face. And he had this bit where he was saying, I remember this episode. He had this bit where he was saying that, like, it was just like really ham fisted, like men are like this and women are like this, like comedy from back then that would be on yeah. a show like Home Improvement. And there's this thing about like, well, men don't ask for directions because they have iron in their brain that tells them where north is. And I remember hearing that as a small child. And right. Thinking, like, and that, it. I believe that. that Maybe that's what sense. I'm talking about. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. But then I think I remember <laughs> looking it up later and being like, I think. And I, 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 I shouldn't be like I, I didn't think that we would talk about this on the podcast, right? But I, I think I it's, it's one of those things where uh, everybody believed that, and it was based on a study that is is bullshit, uh-huh. <laughs> and so that's not true. Men, men do not have an innate right. uh, compass it's in fake their news. brain. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's early fake news. Yeah, that's uh, it's like. 
it's kind of like saying women's brains are smaller than men's brains. <laughs> it's <laughs> to, kind, justify, yeah. to justify to yeah. like a thing you want to yeah, be true. Yeah, here's here's a here's a here's a, uh, a biological explanation that isn't true based on like a weird stereotype about behavior. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more to do with I think uh, men wanting to be to be right. Yeah. That's <laughs> about a about root of a lot of weird shit. Everything else. Is that yeah? But I I I I would believe that there is that like all humans have like some degree. I of might, like yeah, I don't something. know. I don't know if that's true. I, like I not was, knowing where North is, but yes. like there's there's some kind of maybe sensitivity. Somehow, uh, subconsciously perceiving magnetic fields to what yeah. end? I yeah. don't know. I don't know if it's helpful. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. But there is something about like our like one of our senses is location somehow yeah Yeah. we know where we are we know directions and that's like a sense we have yeah tiger moth produces ultrasonic clicks in response to echolocation calls that bats use other species of tiger moth use the clicks to warn bats that the moths have toxic compounds that make them distasteful so sometimes it's a click that just says, I'm a tiger moth. If you eat me, it's going to be a bad time. Yeah. However, the tiger moth Bertholdia trigona, and the way this is written makes me uh, want to say that this is an individual moth named <laughs> Bertholdia trigona, produces clicks at a very high rate, up to 4,500 per second to jam bat echolocation. Jamming is the most effective defense against bats ever documented, with jamming causing a tenfold decrease in bat capture success. Wait, so so are people using this bat jamming thing inspired by the moths to capture bats? No, I think, I think, I know that's written strangely. I think it means like bats fail to capture them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it means jamming. Decrease in bat capture success? Oh, like a decrease in the bat's capture of the moth's I think so. success rate. I think that's what that means. Or yeah. it could just mean that someone's been trying to capture bats by jamming their echolocation <laughs> and has been failing. <laughs> this is why everybody should read The Elements of Style yeah. <laughs> before writing anything. This page needs an editor. Wikipedia, echolocation jamming. If you got a better sentence for them, then do it, but it's it's cited in a thing. Sonar jamming in the field, effectiveness and behavior of a unique prey defense. So I don't know what they were trying to do. I think it means capturing the moths. They weren't as good at it because the moth made a bunch of clicks. So that's a cool thing you put in your game. Yeah. As an animal that somehow blocks or what if what if the animal that blocks the dark mantle yeah. that scrambles the dark mantle senses is not something you can capture. It is something that is non-hostile, right? But is like huge. It is like yeah. a, it's like a it's like a rhino or something. Yeah, and you have to like entice it to move across a field. <laughs> yeah, and you just have to like like walk next to it really closely yeah. or like ride on it and like put like a stick with a a fishing line and like a a carrot yeah 
and and lead it into a cave so you can make it safely through the cave. Yeah, yeah. Lead it, lead it through a dark mental area yeah. while you can benefit from its like nonstop clicking or whatever it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> what if it flashed really brightly or something? Something like like some other scramble or made a really bad smell. Yeah, it just or or um uh yeah. What else could it do? What 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 if I guess like they've already got like echolocation like blind like the sight things is not any extra weird senses that a dark mantle would have. It just has um has blind sight. Has blind sight, so it can see in uh, pitch darkness. Yeah, yeah. It can't use its blind sight while deafened. It does have echolocation. Yeah. Oh, so, straight up, it has echolocation. So blocking echolocation would be anything that mechanically deafens it, right? right. So just this shrieking weird thing, <laughs> shrieking rhino. Yeah. You've got to get a banshee. <laughs> oh yeah, to follow you around, somehow protect yourself from its death shriek, but its death shriek makes you invisible to the dark mantle. You have to convince a banshee that the object of its contempt yeah is beyond a certain hallway and you yeah. just like have to like hold on to its ghostly coattails yeah as you proceed down a hallway or something yeah you get to be a beautiful elf again <laughs> if you come with us down this hallway see that's that's a great idea that's a great weird way uh this is a great solution to a problem of a particular dungeon i don't know if you could rely on players coming up with this idea or though you could put it to them as a solution yeah um but that's that's that sounds like a lot of fun and ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just gotta find some way to deafen all of these dark mantles all right what else well, i got a, a couple more things okay just, cu- just a couple okay great now lay them on <laughs> I, me I'm i ready. read so much about that <laughs> uh they're pollinators you have dark mantles the fruit, the fruit mantles uh, could somehow be pollinators. I guess yeah. if they crush a fruit, it like sprays the seeds everywhere. That's not that's not pollinating, but uh, it would crush yeah. a flower. <laughs> the really tiny dark mantles that yeah. like crush like some the micro mantles. Yeah, the micro mantles crush like petals, individual petals right. from flowers, and they move from flower to flower, okay. crushing one petal. Good. Yeah, check. Natural reservoirs of pathogens. Like rabies is a common one. Yeah. Uh, so you should add a disease problem. Yeah. After it crushes your head, it leaves you with like a goop all over yep. your face. It's full of rabies. <laughs> Check. You've got the droops. <laughs> You've got droops. <laughs> that was a disease in Morrowind you could get. And the name oh, stuck right. with me because it sounds like a it terrible thing to have. Yeah. Emily and I invented a disease called drip tail, which just oh, sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it does. Oh. Uh, why did we do that? I don't know. We talk about dogs a lot. Um, what else? Oh, they're poop. Guano. Yeah. Yeah. Guano is not just bat poop. It is also seabird poop. Oh, neat. I didn't know that. Why is guano these, these things, bat poop and seabird poop? I don't know. Those are two very different poops. They're very different poops, but they have a similar, uh, chemical composition. Yeah. Similar enough to all be considered guano. Extremely cool. high nitrogen. Yeah. Very oh, good is fertilizer. that because do are because I know some birds their poop is white. Yes. Um because they don't pee. 
they are super efficient with their water usage. Right. And so that's just their poop and their pee. Yeah. It's the one thing right. that comes out of their cloaca. Yeah. 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 Right. So are bats also very liquid efficient? I don't know. I'm pretty sure they've got both yeah. uh, both right. outputs. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have cloacas. They have a pee hole and a poop yeah. hole. And I don't know why their poop is similar enough to seabird poop to be considered all guano. Yeah. Could be like different reasons for having the same qualities, but the same qualities nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. 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 Extremely high nitrogen. Yeah. uh, Feces use this fertilizer. Very uh, valuable. Yeah. So you could have dark mantle fertilizer. Yeah. Put it in a game. I don't know. Dark guano. (laughs) Guan mantle, mantle poop. <laughs> I don't know. That this is your problem. Yeah. Um. You could have lots of it collected in areas, and it is flammable. Maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, or maybe they eat darkness and poop light. I don't know. <laughs> uh, although we, yeah, we said they don't eat anything. Yeah, they just crush things and they utilize the absence of light as a right. power source. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how well you could use this. Or like maybe they they use the darkness and then they there's like a little ball. Uh, they leave little pellets, <laughs> little <laughs> shadow pellets. Shadow pellets. Yeah. Yeah. Of like really super hard, uh, like impossibly dense. Uh, yeah. Darkness. It could be like a magical yeah. component that a wizard wants because it's like condensed darkness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the material component for fireball is guano anyways. Oh, hey. So, yeah. Highly yeah. flammable. There you go. You can make a different kind of fireball with dark mantle guano. Yeah. Where it's like a, a, a no fireball. It's like because <laughs> it's so it's because it's yeah. so dark. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a dark ball. Yeah, <laughs> we, you can work on that, but uh, there you go. That's there for you. Um, farmers who use them, farmers yeah. who propagate them, who yeah. create mantle boxes for yeah. 40 mantles to go into. Great. Because uh, they also kill pests. That's true. Bats eat a yeah. lot of bugs. They are a natural pesticide if you have bats around your farm. Great. Dark mantles could fill the same niche. Um, you could have a game where you have to actually catch the dark mantles and like bring them to an underground farmer. Yeah, that would be okay. You could just be tagging and releasing dark mantles. Tagging and releasing. Yeah, yeah. you could just you do. Yeah, you, you could you're be putting magical to... tracking devices on them. Yeah, and you're trying to stop the spread of the fungus that's killing all yeah. the dark mantles. Yeah, yeah. They're getting a disease that makes them not want to crush things as much. Yeah. And you have to get rid of that nonsense. Yeah, but the 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 uh the the um agrarian economy that is like founded on dark guano. <laughs> yeah. Would everything would collapse if it wasn't for Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The under the under economy would be yeah. in shambles. It would be a shambling mound of an economy. Uh that was a weird joke. What are they? Oh, yeah. So I said uh, lots of cultures consider bats to be completely evil and associated with death and darkness and malevolence. Uh, Not going to get into that too much because that's vampire territory. Yeah. Uh, In China, 
that's our good things. They are happiness and joy and luck and good fortune. The five bats, not the five bats, five bats are used to symbolize five blessings, longevity, wealth, health, love of virtue, and a peaceful death. Great. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, The Tonga, which I believe is a nation of several Polynesian islands. Yeah. Um, the bats are considered to be physical manifestations of a separable soul. So they are Of souls. a separable soul? Yeah. Okay. So like they are souls. They're like the actual things that leave oh. bodies and fly Neat. around the world. So you and die and bats, bats become. Yeah. So like yeah. it's at night, there's just like spirits flying around. That's like they, great. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that are souls. Yeah. Uh, and in uh, Zapotec civilization, which was an old um, South, either either or, either and, mm. <laughs> uh, saying that's so wrong. It was either a Middle Mesoamerican or a South American right. or both um, civilization. I forgot to look them up, but in to them, the bat god presided over corn and fertility. Yeah. So more agriculture. They knew that bats were good for for farming. So not always bad. So that's the thing you could have about dark mantles. They could like feature in underground cultures, like yeah. iconography. Yeah. Like how much you're actually going to use of that in a game? Probably very little, but you could make it a fun thing that like they make paintings of dark mantles or like there's symbols everywhere. Your player character could be all about dark mantles, right? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. It's you you could. Yeah. You could have a cleric that like uh, has the dark mantle and corn god. You know, (laughs) that's sweet. Yeah. The undercorn. Yeah. Really into undercorn. I think I had one more thing. Maybe not. Oh, yes. Uh, who could forget the probably the most important part about this? Uh, Batman. Oh, yeah. You could have an underground uh, justice-seeking <laughs> uh, rich libertarian named yeah. Dark Mantle Man. <laughs> Dark Man, uh, Mantle Man... Man mantle. <laughs> it should These are your be options. easier to make a Batman pun with dark mantle when man is in the yes is in the name, but that it's, actually is a limiting factor to puns. It's yeah, it's kind of tough yeah. in this yeah. in this particular situation. It's a little tough, but those those are the options that I had prepared. None of them are perfect. I think uh, dark mantle man is just is the simplest and the best. <laughs> uh, all these dark mantle themed yeah things <laughs> yeah he fell in a cave his parents were were murdered watching uh an under movie yeah and and then his butler pushed him in a cave that's that's not wouldn't that be great? Alfred, Alfred just pushed, straight him, in up pushed him in a yeah. cave. Sick of this kid. Pushed him in the cave. Saw dark mantles and decided to use them as yeah a way to strike fear into people's hearts. Instead of having all these like bat wing motifs like on everything, mm-hmm. it's like weird tentacles and like lumps of rock. Yeah, yeah, just these weird like penis rocks. Yeah. Um, 
I also have an instinct for things that are underground in the underworld to be kind of like, like metaphysically opposite to how things are above. Yeah. So like if Batman is a dark Avenger, dark mantle man would be like, like a good times clown would be yeah. like a, would be like a mascot that would just like show up and bring joy. Yeah. It shows children. up, brings joy, definitely kills people when he has to. No <laughs> qualms about it. Yeah. That's rule number two. Uh, we'll- uh, one bring joy Two, kill if you must kind of kind of resents his parents but they're both around <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, got, he's got he's got his his parents divorced but both remarried so he's got actually four parents <laughs> <laughs> and they have a good relationship like they they yeah. have lunch together sometimes they play tennis the yeah. four of them <laughs> that's great yeah that's great <laughs> he loves corn yeah Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, that's how you get an hour and 20 minutes on a two paragraph uh monster. Yeah. Do you uh you mentioned this last episode. Do you still want to do um a, a, a Right. I totally abandoned class. that idea and yeah? completely forgot. Well, yeah. I do want to do that. Okay. We can do that at any point. Great. So maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to remember, I tried to remind myself to open with that, to be like, I knew I said I was going to do Bard or whatever, yeah. but we didn't. Guess what? It's Dark Mantle, but I forgot. That's all right. But we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to do that before we get into demons and devils and dragons. Definitely before we get into, we've got, next one is Death Knight. Oh, yeah. And then Demi-Lich, and then we're into demons. Yeah. So before, definitely within the next like two or three, we'll tackle Bard. Yeah. Right? Sweet. Bar's the first one? Yeah, I think it's Barbarian. B or B. Yes, you're right. Yeah. No, B R. B A D R B D. You're right. B. We had this exact I'm not good at math or spatial relationships <laughs> or letters and words. I don't I don't think that's true, Chris. <laughs> okay, that's it. Um, All right. uh next weekend. Not this coming weekend. Well, as of recording, this means nothing to you because don't know when we'll release this. March 31st, I will be running a game at Phantasm um, as I'm calling it the official Monster Manual Mash yeah. <laughs> convention game. Yeah. Uh, what does because that mean is. exactly? Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, I'm So the game is... It's basically uh, you all play wizards of different schools. You're yeah. all masters of your various school. Yeah. And you have to make monsters fight each other like Pokemon. <laughs> and it's more complicated, but that's the gist. And it's basically doing everything that I I have always said not to do, which is just use monsters as yeah. uh, combat items yeah. or combat uh, like goons. Um, but that's what's happening because you only got four hours to play a game and I'm making it, uh, something I'm making it more difficult than I have to (laughs) rules wise. Uh, but it's a, it's a fun way to like use monsters and to like, let's really use everything in this book and see what happens. So that's what the game is going to be. So come out, uh, I'm only running it once. I might run it more in the future, but uh, this will work out the kinks, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know if you'll actually hear this episode before that happens. If this game already happens, then you missed it and it was great. (laughs) And I'm not sorry that you weren't there. And thank you for coming if you were. (laughs) Now that is diplomacy and how to be a gracious host. Um, Thank you for listening. This was Monster Manual Mash. Go to bed. Goodbye.